Genesis 3, verse 15, Scripture says, and this is God speaking to the devil or to the, the snake with the devil inside of him in the Garden of Eden. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Enmity means it's going to be a battle. And between thy seed, he's talking about the devil, the devil's children, and her seed. Scripture never talks about a woman's seed. That, that word seed is always related to the man. So this is actually the first mention of the virgin birth in Scripture. So Adam and Eve take the fruit. Uh, God's upset. He curses the snake. And he says, there's going to be a battle from her seed or a virgin would give birth one day to a child. It's talking about Jesus, him, and you. There's going to be a battle forever. All right? And then uh, it says, And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So Jesus' heel was bruised, or he suffered on the cross. But one day, Jesus will stomp on the devil's head, and the devil's going to be cast into the lake of fire forever. Now, with that in mind, look also in Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter number 12. And looking down into verse 1, 2, and 3. We're going to look at a few verses here. If you've been watching the news, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in Israel right now. And uh, the, uh, the Hamas or Hamas and, and all that area, we're going to comment some on that, how that happened. And so Genesis chapter 12, God is now uh, forming a nation. It's, it's the Israel nation and he's using a man. Much like he used George Washington in America, he used a man named Abraham in Israel. Israel is synonymous with Canaan land, or we would call it the promised land. It's the same land. So Genesis 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, or Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And it is today. Abraham's name is a great name. It's very famous. It is claimed and recognized by Christians. It is claimed and recognized by Islam. And it is claimed and recognized by Judaism, the Jews. They all say, our father Abraham. And so, a great name. It's an it's a, it's a honored name. Uh, verse uh, 2, uh, and thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 3, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So this is God's prophecy to Abraham. He says, now Abraham, you're not just going to be a daddy. The people you daddy and granddad, that, that nation's going to grow into a great nation, and that nation's going to bless the world. Now, how did that happen? Well, that Jewish nation penned the Bible. God used them as he inspired God's work to write the Bible. Then also out of that nation would come the promised Savior, Jesus Christ. So how much more blessed do you get? We get Jesus and the Bible. I mean, that's pretty blessed. 
And he says, and I will bless them that bless thee. He's talking about people and nations. He says, the nations that bless Israel will be blessed. And the nations that curse Israel will be cursed. That's why we as American, people in America, we want to always side with Israel. Doesn't mean they're always right in everything that they do, but there's a promise there that God has for the nations that, that bless them. Uh, on the news, it, it said uh, after, this, uh, uh, after the attacks, the uh, 5,000 missiles and rockets and things coming down on Israel, it said that Egypt and Iran were rejoicing at all the killings and all the carnage. And then it said, in many other nations, condemned it. And so uh, we see there's two sides there. Now, let's go a little bit further. and Let's look in Genesis 16, if you will. Genesis 16 and verse number 1. So God has promised, promised uh, uh, that Abraham and uh, uh, he, would have, he would have sons. And here it is. He has, he has no kids. So now he's getting older. He's like, he's like 90. No kids. I would have, men, if you're 90 and hadn't had kids yet, you're probably past that opportunity. I mean, I'm 66. I think I've passed my opportunity to play in the NFL. I mean, I just let it slip through my fingers. And so here's Abraham, and God promised him, and it didn't happen. You ever been there? You said, well, Lord, you promised. It seemed like God didn't come through. Look at this. Genesis 16. And Sarai, that's his wife, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abraham, Wives, be careful what you tell your husband. Husbands, you remember Eve in the garden? You remember she ate us out of house and home. Be careful what your wife tells you. Sarah says, I got a suggestion. She probably texted this to uh, Abraham. I don't know. Maybe she told him. Behold, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened unto the voice of Sarai. Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid the Egyptian, after Abraham, or Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. So he married this handmaid. Now he's got two wives. And it just seemed like, well, I mean, we need to help God out. Verse 4, And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived her mistress, was despised in her eyes. So here's what happens. So the maid has a child, then all of a sudden, Sarai is not happy. Say, anytime you have two hens in the same nest, there's problems. There's problems. Uh, these people who say, man, man, I wish we could have more than one wife, you know, polygamy, you know, legalize polygamy. Most men can't handle the one they have. So here's Abraham, now he went from one to two, and this one had a child, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, I don't think you should have had a child by her. Well, you told me to have a child by her. Well, I don't remember saying, boy, it is friction. And so let's look down in uh, chapter 17 for a moment. Chapter 17, verse 8. 17, 8. 
Notice what God promises Abraham. He says, I'm going to give you something. 17, 8, and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So God says, I'm going to give you this land. Verse number 20. But as for Ishmael, that's his firstborn son, that's Hagar's son by the, by the handmaid. And uh, verse 20, and as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him. I will make him fruitful, will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. Verse 21, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac. But Sarah, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. So notice what's taking place. So uh, Abraham, uh, God says, you're going to have a child. He's going to have a child. It's going to be thousands and thousands of descendants. It's going to be a great nation. It's going to be the nation of Israel, which later gets named after Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob's name, he wrestled with the angel, was changed to Israel. That's where we get the children of Israel. So God says, here's the promise. I'm going to give you a son. This is the great nation. He's going to own all the land. But on their own, Abraham had a child with Hagar. His name was Ishmael. That was his firstborn son. Normally, the firstborn son gets all the inheritance. But not in this case. Because he was not the one God had picked. God says, it'll be through Isaac. Say, and what matters is what God says. So with that in mind, look at this. We'll kind of sew this together and give you something. Uh, chapter 21, chapter 21. We'll look down in just a second. I think it's in, yeah, verse, verse 9. So now the, the first son grows up. His name's Ishmael. He's about age 13. He's about age 13. And then finally, uh, his uh, his. Uh, uh, his dad's other wife, Sarai, uh, Sarai has a child. His name's Isaac. So it's about a 10-year dist- uh, 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 difference. So finally, Isaac is weaned. That means he's uh, uh, probably about age four. So they're throwing a party for him, a little four-year-old birthday party. So his teenage brother's over here named Ishmael. Hagar's his mother. And notice what happens. Chapter number 21, verse 9 And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. He was laughing at his little stepbrother. He was mocking him, making fun of him. So now you've already got problems in the home. You've got these two brothers, two different mothers. And then verse number 10, Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman. And her son, kick him out. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And so here's the problem in the Middle East. You ready? Ishmael was born. He says, I'm firstborn. I get the land. God says, the promise goes to Isaac. He's the firstborn with the wife. You're the firstborn with the handmaid. Isaac gets the land. The Messiah, the Son of God, is going to be born through Isaac. The Bible's coming through Isaac. And so the two brothers grew up in the Middle East. 
And one said, the land is mine. The other said, the promise, God says, it's ours. So there will never be total peace in the Middle East until Jesus comes back. And you see this persecution, this hatred for the Jews all throughout Scripture. They're hated. Uh, They're uh, put into bondage. They're Egyptian slaves. In World War II, why did Hitler choose the Jews to kill millions and millions? Though it's not in history, they say in uh, many of our government schools it never happened. It never happened. It was all made up. Well, sure, once... Once all the Holocaust survivors die off, it'll be easy to say it never happened. And so uh, uh, why was it that Hitler hated the Jews? God's people and God's Savior has always been hated. His book's been hated. His Savior's been hated. And even in the book of Revelation, when the Antichrist takes over, it'll be a three and a half year peace treaty. After three and a half years, he's going after the Jews. He's going to try to wipe out all the Jews again. They've always been hated. So you say, well, Pastor, why are you bringing this up today? Well, because of the news that's going on. But not only that, but this too. Here was the problem. Abraham and Sarai were impatient. God says, I'm going to give you a son. Well, the son hadn't come. We're going to help him out. God didn't say to help him out. God's timing is always perfect. He's always right on time. God knows what's best. When we're impatient, things get real messy. Real messy. Well, I can't wait. I'm 90 years of age. Have a child with her. And look, God's right on time. Ten years later, Sarai had a baby. I'm sure they said, is this your great-great-grandson? <laughs> no, it's my first son, my first child. Can you imagine giving her a baby shower? Help her, help her, help her. <laughs> no, the baby's over here. No, uh, help her open the gifts. Uh, anyway, I- I'm just cutting up. Is this maybe one of our problems? Impatience? Benjamin Franklin said, he who hath patience can have all things. Patience with God. Patience with people. Patience with our mate. Patience with God's people. Patience with new Christians. Patience with teenagers. Patience. It's kind of quiet right now. You say, well, what's the definition of patience? Here it is real quick. Let me see. Who's got some money? Who's got some money? Who's got money on you? Sebastian, you got any money on you? You're not even married. Usually the married guys don't have any money. Someone said a married guy has pictures where he used to carry his money. That's Who's got some money? For real. I mean, like, I can't believe no one's got any money. Okay. Pass it up. Just pass it up. Here, pass it up. Pass it up. Pass it up. Okay, here you go. Come on up here. Come on up here. Now you're up here. Uh, You knew that was going to happen. All right, so here it is. Okay, Joe. Ready? So here we go. Here's what the Lord says. God tells us to do something, and he says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Anytime we obey the Lord, 
he rewards. That's his promise. That's his nature. Now, if you've ever been to maybe an animal show, you remember when they used to have those uh, uh, fish shows, dolphins, killer whales over at Marine World? As soon as the fish did a trick, they would give them some food immediately. It was immediate gratification. As uh, soon as they obeyed, they gave them a reward. That's how they trained them. So what is maturity? It's the length of time you can wait from obedience to the reward. Okay? So it's kind of like this. Here, come here. Oh, pretty good. All right, he'll obey. There you go. Okay, come here. Hey, not bad. Okay? What do you want? Oh, no, no, okay. <laughs> so, so see, we're pretty good taking a step. All right, all right, God's paying up, taking a step. And then sometimes it's a while and he hadn't paid up. That's maturity. That's maturity. Thanks so much. Give that money back to that old lady here. So, uh, <laughs> no, Natalie, was that you? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Better not be my wife or I'm in real hot water. <laughs> so I'm at the uh, airport. I get a text from someone who I would not consider a real mature Christian but someone who attended our church at that time. I get this text. Can you please give me a call? And I'm, and I'm boarding a plane. You can't just be on the phone or people are all over you. You have to have your little phone and your little thing and grab your stuff. And so I didn't call for probably 15 minutes. I get on the plane. I check my text. It's obvious you have no time for the sheep of your pasture. You don't have to call me back since you're too busy to return this. I felt like saying, jump in a lake. <laughs> you know what? I can just tell you this. People like that are dangerous people. Because if you don't jump within five or ten minutes of when they say jump, you're the bad guy and they're unloading on you. They're an immature person. Immature. I want to just give you some areas real quick because we're almost out of time. I haven't even got to my passage here. What are some of these areas? Number one, in, in, in God's revealed will. Some of you are young enough now, you're wondering, what am I supposed to do with my life? Do I go to a Christian college? Do I go to secular college? Uh, like one teenager I met uh, about three weeks ago, I said, what are you going to do with your life? I'm going to go into the NFL. In my heart, I'm just laughing. He couldn't even spell NFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes God doesn't reveal his whole plan for your life. God's will is like the headlights on a car. Tonight after church, you know, we're all going to church. You turn the headlights on, they don't shine all the way to your house. They'll shine several hundred feet. You go that far, then they shine several hundred more feet. That's how God's plan is. He gives you a little at a while, just a little at a time. And if you're impatient and have to know the whole plan, you'll never know his whole plan. 
just a little bit. I surrendered to preach when I'm 15. I didn't know I'd pastor, didn't know if I'd be a missionary, had no idea. I just knew I was going to start studying and reading my Bible and passing out tracts and attending church and getting in the bus ministry and serving the Lord. I just saw some of it at once. Number two, in the vengeance of God, you're going to have to be patient. Well, how come God didn't, doesn't just blow up the bad people? Because he's real patient. He says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. God says, don't be all burned up that evil people are getting away with things. God says, I will handle business. Get this. He has not yet judged the soldiers that crucified Jesus yet. You want him to judge that person that gives you a hard time at work last week. He's going to handle business. Be patient with God. He is the judge. He'll come back one day, judge every nation, judge every individual, every action. He'll reward all the good. He handles stuff. Be patient with God. Well, where is he? He didn't come through for me. His plan's bigger than your plan. I told someone, I said, God forgot to read my plan for his life. Number three, in the area of suicide. People have said when they've attempted to take their life, those few that lived, I had a permanent solution for a temporary problem. As they jumped, as they did whatever they did. A little while later, they're thinking, maybe I could have worked through this. Maybe I could have got through this. And I want to say this to anybody in the room, even halfway contemplating that today. Life is worth living. If you'll just be patient, some things will just kind of work themselves out. Give it a little time. You'll have new perspective. God can work behind the scenes. Don't end that thing now. Someone needs you. Someone's counting on you. Uh, your grandkids and great-grandkids, they need you. Number next, in the area of dating, be patient. By the way, boys like girls. Girls like boys. I told someone this week, I said, we only have one rule in the church. I was talking to this girl. I said, you cannot sit by the good-looking, rich guys the first Sunday. She said, well, how come? I said, we don't have any. <laughs> one guy I told that to about the girls, and he says, I'll come the second Sunday. That's what he said. They used to have an old... Uh, rock song, only you old, old rock and roll, uh, uh, Grateful Dead people would know. It was called, and the words were, hello, I love you. Won't you tell me your name? <laughs> hello, I don't even know your name, but I sure do love you. Uh, go slow. I read the newspaper a little bit. The Taylor Swift, Kelsey Romance. I doubt you see them celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. <laughs> it's too fast. Not going to last. 
Now her old boyfriends are piping up. His old girlfriends are piping up. Well, let me tell you how they treated us. There's shaky foundation. And I don't know if they're saved. I don't know. If, uh, yeah, I'm sure they're in Sunday school and church somewhere today. I'm sure they're reading their Bible every day together. But I'm just saying, you go that fast, it's not going to last. Take it slow. You want your romance to be like a grandfather clock. Take your time. Take. Not a stopwatch. Hurry up quick. Hurry up quick. Hurry. <laughs> if you don't tell me you love me and let's go steady, then I'll find someone else. Find someone else. <laughs> Girls. Single ladies. Don't be so needy. If I don't grab him, I'm going to be alone. <laughs> well, look at him close. <laughs> See if he's worth grabbing. <laughs> Can he work? That's a whole other message. Quickly. In purchases, be patient. But I need this. How long have you needed it? Well, I just thought about it today. In purchases, be patient. Well, they said they'll finance us. Be patient. Some of you right now, if they deduct from your mansion in heaven what you owe down here, you're going to get a shack. I want to say this too. In people changing, be patient. Here's Mrs. Brown, sat here for 40 years, taught Sunday school. We dedicated one of the buildings to her. Her husband, Dewey, would never come to church. She had come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, teach Sunday school, serve. As soon as church was out, got to go home. Can't hang around, can't fellowship. Don't want to leave my husband home alone. One day she slipped and fell at the house, broke her arm. She came to church in a cast. Guess who showed up at church? Him. I said, you're at church. I said, what's going on, Dewey? He goes, Jackie needed me to help her hold the songbook. I said, she did, did she? Took about 40 years. She kept serving the Lord wasn't long before he said, I've been saved and I'm getting baptized, but don't tell her. It came all the time until he went to heaven. Be patient with others. You may be quick growth mushroom. They may be a redwood. Be patient. Some people don't get it as quick. Some people don't turn around as quick. My dad, four years before he got saved, I'm glad my mother was patient with him. And she didn't say, hey, it's been two weeks. We're in church. Well, love it or leave it. I'm, no, no. She was, she was patient. We must hasten. Here we go. And people changing and reaping. Well, I've sown, pastor. When's the harvest coming up? It'll come. In prayer. It was D.L. Moody prayed for three of his friends for over 30 years. Had their names written on a card in his pocket. 
Two of his friends got saved right before he died. One after he died. He prayed over 30 years. Patient. Patient. Take your Bibles just for a moment. We're going to wrap this thing up. Look over here. Here we are. We're in James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Father Abraham, you are a little impatient. It's caused a lot of wars. By the way, your impatience will cause a lot of wars as well. Notice here, we have James, this mature book. Notice what he says. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting, they're scattered. They're undergoing persecution. Things are tough. They're going through some trials. Here's God's advice to us. What do you do? What do you do when you're going through these tough times, pastor? Guess what we need? We need patience. Verse 2. Here's what he says we're supposed to do. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers. That means various or different temptations. He's not talking about sin. He's talking about a temptation to quit. I want to throw in the towel. I'm done. I don't know if I can go through this. He said, count up what you know about it. The biggest patience we need is as we're getting through tough times. Had someone call me recently. They went through something similar to something I'd been through a long time ago. And here's what they said. When does the hurting stop? They wanted to decide, how long am I going to have to go through this? And so here's what God says. Count up what you know about the trial. Did I cause it? Is God just sending this? Is this satanic? What do I know about the trial? Well, a couple things I know. God still loves me. I know that. I'm still saved. I know that. Romans 8.28 is still a promise in God's word. I know that. Jesus is coming soon. I know that. I have a church family that loves me. I know that. Count up what you know. Get the facts. Be a uh, FBI, fundamental Baptist investigator. Find out the facts about this heartache. Number two. He says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, uh uh-oh, worketh patience. Hate to tell you, folks. The only way in the Bible you get patience is by going through bad stuff. You can't get it by praying? Mm -mm. Can't get it by reading the Bible? Nope. You go through some bad stuff and you say, how long till it's over? God says, you just keep doing right. Keep coming to church. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. Keep tithing. Keep soul winning. And when it ends, you'll know. It's hard, isn't it? Some of you are going through grief. When when do you stop thinking about that loved one? Some of you, it's a betrayal. Perhaps a breakup. Perhaps your name's been trashed. Perhaps it's a physical ailment and you hurt physically every day. When's the hurting stop? You just keep going through it. God says, I'll reward. Notice, count. Then he says, knowing this, 
Then look at this, verse uh, 4. But let patience have her perfect work. That word let means yield. Just yield. Years ago, and I'm done with this. Real bad headache. Felt terrible. Neck stiff. 103 fever. Went to the doctor. They said, we think you've got meningitis. I said, okay, what's that mean? They said, we need to do a spinal tap. How many spinal tap people? You've had a spinal tap? It is wonderful. (laughs) Everyone ought to have one at least once in their lifetime. It's just awesome. They take a needle long enough to stick you in the back and come all the way out the front of your body. (laughs) And it's going to go in between the vertebrae in your back. No painkiller. And they said, we need to stick you in the spinal column, remove some fluid and test it. Because if you've got bacterial meningitis, you may die from it, be crippled. If you've got viral, it'll shoot through you, but you're going to be very sick. I said, I'm not going to let you stick me. So I'm not doing it. And they said, if you don't, you could die or be crippled the rest of your life. I'll never forget it. I just leaned over that desk and I said, stick me. (laughs) Stick me. I yielded. Sometimes during the trial, we say, I'm not going through this. When it's pretty obvious, you are going to go through it. God says, once you yield, stop tightening up. Loosen up. You just keep doing right. I'll know when it's time to end it. Then here's his promise. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. That means you'll be happier if you just get through it. Because here's how it ends up. Let's take something simple. Knee surgery. So here it is. Oh, six months, six months recovery and physical therapy. Oh, finally through knee replacement. Then I know someone that's having knee replacement. All right, here's what you're going to go through. Now, you're gonna make, now I'm able to comfort somebody because I've been through it. You only get to comfort someone if you've been through it, not if you've been to it. So here's what that means. The most beat up people in this church who've been through more junk than anybody else could have the greatest ministry of anybody in this whole church. You've been through? I've been through that. Let me tell you how to get through it. You've been? Yeah, I've been through that too. Let me tell you how to get through that one. You'll make it. You'll make it. The best cheerleaders are those who've been through it. Come on. You can make it. I did. Let me show you the verses God gave me. You'll be glad. All right, Abraham. Shouldn't have been impatient. God says to us, you have need of patience. You say, why can God tell us that? He's been pretty pretty patient with me. He's been pretty patient with you. Who would say, say, Pastor, you keep saying you're going to finish. I know, I will. (laughs) Be patient. It's your problem. <laughs> Who would say in this section that sometime in your life 
there was a car wreck or a dangerous moment or a hospital visit where very easily you could have and maybe even should have died. Would you slip your hand up, anyone in this section here? How about in this middle section here? Wow. How about that section over here? Wow. So you ever wonder, why did God keep you alive? To serve Him. To serve Him. He sure is patient. How many of you got saved? You accepted Christ the very first time you heard it clearly. The very first time. Would you slip your hand up? How many of you, it was over a year later after you heard it when you got saved? Wow. God sure was patient, wasn't he? Let's be patient with him. Let's be patient with others. If you're here today without Jesus Christ as Savior, he wants to save you. He'll come into your heart, take you to heaven one day, and it's a free gift. 